is going on podcast world listen we are in here having a good time in the studio so this is uh my name's pastor spencer um i'm here with my co-host tyler rhodes what up y'all yeah so we are back with another episode um of the church voice podcast where we are building the body of christ through a variety of voices um and as usual we are completely sponsored supported and recorded at christian center church here in south bend indiana uh, 530 East Island Road if you want to send us some mail. Um, if you want to... <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know why I said that. Send us some mail? <laughs> why else do you give your address? So people can come? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Sorry, I'm just thinking... Yeah, anyway. So, uh, yeah, so if you want to check us out on the website, uh, christiancenter.org, um, you can go to the Watch and Listen tab and check out the podcast there or check out Pastor Sermons, check out what we're doing here at the church. And uh, yeah, so how are you doing, Pastor Tyler, as we as we get into this goofiness for the day? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, good. Yeah. I, um, I can't believe that we're coming up on, I think it's like 11 days away, Parker turning one. For real? Yeah. That's, I don't know why I thought she was one already. Well, That's my bad, though. She's so darn tall. <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and I don't. I don't know why today it's been on my mind mm. all day today. Mm. If anybody doesn't know, Parker's my daughter. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what it was about today that made me that it finally hit me. Like yeah. she's about to be one, and I'm wow. like, that's crazy. Congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, got a lot on my brain. Um, as as you know, right. we got we got missions madness going on right now. So it's March, obviously, for those who are listening. If you're listening after this, it's March 2021. Um, but uh, but yeah, so just just got the mission on my mind. Uh we're heading to Brazil in June. So so yeah, and then uh, you know, in the midst of everything that's going on to still be able to do that with such an awesome organization like Overland Missions. If you have never heard of Overland Missions, check them out. Overland Shout Missions. Out. Yeah, overlandmissions.com. Um, but yeah, so I, that's that's really what's what's just heavy on my mind and 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 a lot with that. So we're doing a lot of fundraising and stuff. So but yeah, I'm fired up. I'm fired up regardless one way or another. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Good. I'm really excited for it. Good. Good. Well, we don't have any medicine for the week, but um and 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 when I say medicine, we, you know, the Bible says laughter does good like medicine. So we try to have something funny, but I think we had our funny in the beginning with my deep breath in the <laughs> yeah, microphone. Um, so, you know what? And I, and I think we've got a, a big, uh, a big topic because it's a, it's a person, but more so a group of people. So we're going to talk about a singular person and then a, but in connection to a group of people. And that is, um, and I'm just going to get right into it. We're going to get into our bio, um, and we're going to be talking about the Moravians. And so we're going to be talking about the Moravians and in connection to John Wesley as well. Um, and just kind of some details on his story in connection to them. So they get their name from a, a location in Bohemia and Moravia, which is modern the modern day Czech Republic. Um, and this group was founded in 1515. All right. And they were founded under intense persecution. So this is obviously a Christian group, a group of believers. Um, and they were founded under intense persecution in 1547, 1557, and 1620. Um, the group, uh, the group all but dissolved. 
right? So they were they were pretty much cut down to a very small group of people, um, and they experienced um, a renewal. <laughs> I just looked down, y'all. I'm the one who wrote the bio this week. <laughs> you did that on purpose. No, you had to have I done promise that. You, I didn't. <laughs> I promise you, I didn't. Here's why we're laughing, fam. <laughs> How did that get in there? <laughs> okay, here's what happened. <laughs> so, so I wrote the bio. The you're never writing a bio again, <laughs> ever. This is unacceptable. <laughs> I was trying, you started to read it. The sentence he just read, they experienced a renewal. The, the problem was I was trying to say they experienced a spiritual renewal. <laughs> but it auto-corrected to epidural <laughs> they experienced an epidural renewal so i'm trying to read it they experienced a epidural <laughs> renewal. that is not what i intended to say there's your medicine for the week because i had to i know you guys heard me pause i was like a <laughs> renewal <laughs> what's bad too was I guarantee you thought in your head there must be another way epidurals used <laughs> like this must be a vocabulary word that has nothing it. to do with I birth. thought epidural was all of a sudden <laughs> spiritual I don't <laughs> like Ooh. like Lord we need an epidural renewal <laughs> We're not I was going to start great awakening I was going to start praying for an epidural renewal <laughs> I'm like, like, <laughs> if you would have said they experienced oh. an epidural renewal, I would have lost it. All right. So autocorrect. I'm assuming strikes again. I don't know how that happened. I'm going to change that right now. Oh my goodness. Too late now. The damage has been done. Austin, keep that in the, in the recording, please. Um, so, so yeah. So under, so under count Nicholas, Lid, Lid, oh, sorry, I never say his middle names. So Nicholas Zindendorf, right? He was a pilot. Nah, dude, you got to say the whole thing. D okay, Nicholas, Nicholas. Okay, Count Nicholas Ludwig von Zinzendorf. That's a name, right yes, there. Yes, that is a powerful name. If I ever have a son. Yeah, and so he was a a, a pietist and a nobleman um, of the time, and and he shifted their focus from the power and influence. Um, to devotional prayer and study and radical trust in God and world missions. So, so he kind of, and I, and I want to give a little bit more bio on this because he was a nobleman, so he couldn't go into the ministry. And if you look up uh -huh. Zinzendorf, you'll, you'll see kind of his yeah. bio on, on Google or whatever, but he couldn't go into the ministry. So what he did, and I think this is so powerful. So what he did is he opened up his estate right. to take in these Moravians and who were really refugees of yep. the faith. Like they, they were seeking asylum. Yep. And so he took them in and, and, but he also taught them and helped them to, to really refocus and reestablish themselves in, in who they were. So that's kind of the, the, the bio on the Moravians. And if you want to talk about John Wesley, that's, that's cool. Um, but here's a, here's a fun, a fun fact, right? The Moravians. So, I, I mean, I guess the fun fact has to do with John Wesley. There you go. Um, so the Moravians did have a profound impact on John Wesley and George Whitfield, two of the key figures in America's great awakening. 
um, in the 1720s and 1740s. So these these were John Wesley and George Whitfield were the two biggest names yeah. of their time. And the Moravians had a huge this small group of people, this small group of Christian refugees, if you will, who who took who took asylum at at Count Zinzendorf's um, estate. These guys had a huge huge impact on John Wesley and. And I'm gonna shut up because we've got we've got the John Wesley fanatic Dude, in the room. Really yeah, him. this man is absolutely obsessed. Every seems like every devotion, every word, every every ounce of encouragement. It's like John Wesley said. John Wesley said. Well, the Methodists did that. You know. So so I'm gonna let Pastor Tyler take it from here, and then we're gonna have a, a good conversation about these guys. So true. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> he John Wesley. Uh, you and talking about people influential on me as far as like Christian writers and thinkers and all of that. John Wesley's number one. Yeah, he's number one. Easy. Um, but I really, if I get to talking about him, we're going to spend all yeah, our time keep, on him. Keep, keep so it, I'm just, keep it. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> we got uh, 30 minutes. Yeah, I'm going to keep it on lock on the subject here. Uh, but the reason why we bring up John Wesley is because he wrote in his journal a story about the Moravians that when you and I were talking about it, we thought that it was so profound and impactful, the character and the heart of service that the Moravians had. And so uh, I'll tell you what happened, and then we're going to read an entry yeah. from John Wesley's journal where he talks about it. Awesome. So in 1736, um, John Wesley and some Englishmen are on a ship with people of, of Germanic descent which and the Moravians were part of that group. Yeah. And they were going from Georgia to Pennsylvania by by ship. And um they came into a, a deadly storm. Uh so much so and we'll read this in John Wesley's writing and he he talks about the storm but I kind of I mean, you know, this is the 1700s, so the yeah. way they talk is very different. So I want to explain just to make sure we're good, but the storm was so bad. There's no NIV. No. <laughs> if it was, it wouldn't get it right anyway. <laughs> Hello. Whoa. Shout shots out, fired. Shots fired to NIV. <laughs> One time I was talking bad about the NIV. Yeah. And uh, Dentine looks at me and she goes, I like to read the NIV. <laughs> it's the only translation I read, honey. <laughs> I was like, well, get something else. So I bought her a Bible. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> So the storm was so bad that that water, like the ship was nearly capsizing and yeah. water was coming up over the ship into it and the, the ship was flooding. And John Wesley was profoundly impacted by how the Moravians trusted God in the midst of that storm because the storm actually happens right as soon as the Moravians were starting a church service. So it's it's crazy that they're having a church service on a ship anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, they're just they're all getting together. They start singing, the storm, you know, starts blistering and beating the boat, and they just keep on singing. And it it was really profound for John Wesley, and really helped bring him through a crisis of faith that he was having. And in then, was was this the time? And I don't mean to cut you off, but what was he converted yet, or was he in his process of conversion? He to 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 this to the faith that obviously he came to right in in that. So I think so. I would say yes, but I think John Wesley himself would say no. Right, right. That's yeah. what I wanted mm -hmm. to get at. 
Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Because he was he was quote unquote saved in college, and right. him and his brother Charles were in a in a group in in college. Yeah. Um, there was a separate conversion it was for very John separate. Wesley, yep. and this was around that time. Yeah, it was right after this. He yeah. calls it his Aldergate experience because yeah, he went to spend time with with the Moravians. Yes, he did. Yeah, and then yes, that w- that's when he kind of really made that that seismic shift. Yes, to to the faith that he came to to really lead. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that those those moments were so foundational for John Wesley and for John Wesley's theology. That's why he. That's why he talked so much about knowing that you're saved, like the actual assurance. He talked about assurance of salvation a lot because that, I think he was saved previously, even though he would say, again, he would probably say no, but it was that moment under a Moravian preacher who was, who was preaching. And John Wesley even says it wasn't even that the sermon was that good, that he had just had an experience with the Holy Spirit where he had the assurance that he was a child of God that he was made right and that his sins had been forgiven. And it was that assurance that launched him into the ministry that he would go on to lead, like you just said. So, yeah, this happens right before yeah. because it's it's once they get to Pennsylvania that the Moravian minister is preaching and John Wesley has this experience. And it, it's, I mean, it's just, it's really a beautiful thing. So what I'll do is I'll read John's words now about the Moravians because there's some things about the storm that we would love to talk about. And then there's a few other things characteristic yeah. of the Moravians yeah. that we wanted to hit on. I know especially you, there was something you wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. John Wesley said this, at seven, I went to the Germans. I had long before observed the great seriousness of their behavior, of their humility. They had given a continual proof by performing those servile offices for the other passengers, meaning services, which none of the English would take. Would undertake, I'm sorry. These were like, sorry, these were like, when I looked up servile, because I didn't know what mm-hmm. the word meant, but it's it, it's obviously services, but mm-hmm. but like slave-like tasks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which none of the English would undertake, meaning none of them would do th- these things. Right. For which they desired and would receive no pay, saying it was good for their proud hearts and their loving Savior had done more for them. And every day had given them occasion of showing a meekness which no injury could move. If they were pushed, struck down, or thrown down, they rose again and went away. But no complaint was found in their mouth. There was now an opportunity of trying or testing whether they were delivered from the spirit of fear as well as from that of pride, anger, and revenge. In the midst of the song wherewith their service began... The sea broke over, split the main sail in pieces, covered the ship, and poured in between the decks as if the great deep had already swallowed us up. A terrible screaming began among the English. The Germans calmly sung on. I asked one of them afterwards, was you not afraid? He answered, I thank God, no. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Was you not afraid? That's what he said. Hey, when I read that the first time, I was like, okay, John. Okay, John. All right. I like it. Was you not afraid? They talked differently back. Was you not afraid? They did talk different back then. Yeah, they did. (laughs) John Wesley asked, but were not your women and children afraid? He replied mildly, no, our women and children are not afraid to die. 
From then on, I went to their crying, trembling neighbors and pointed out to them the difference in the hour of trial between him that feareth God and him that feareth him not. At twelve the wind fell. This was the most glorious day which I have hitherto seen. Mm. So again, talking about the profound impact of the Moravians on John Wesley. And I know more than talking about John Wesley, we wanted to hit on the Moravians yeah. and their their radical trust in God. So I, I actually want to pass this off to you yeah, because I know you wanted to talk about those laborious services that they were doing on the ship and for other people, and especially their response when people would ask them, why are you guys doing this? Why, yeah, why yeah, are yeah. you performing these tasks? So I actually wanted to throw that to you because yeah. when we were talking about earlier, I wanted to make sure to hit that. Yeah, no, um, I just thought, because like I had heard this story before um, and, and, and obviously the story itself is powerful and their behavior was powerful, but I wanted to, something just struck me when I was reading that earlier and it was and it was this that they said they said when obviously when performing those those trivial services and when you'd ask them about it they they said they said this they said it it is it was good for their proud hearts and their loving savior had done more for them and i thought it was so just so <laughs> that is a statement that i don't know i've ever said <laughs> oh, yeah. or, or, or anything close to it. And so it just, it struck my heart so deeply because it's like, man, would I say that? Or would I, would I, would I be that in depth in service to others to say, no, 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 as, as rough it, as it is, I, I don't know what exactly they were doing, swapping the poop deck. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but you know, they were on a boat. So, it's, uh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but, but nonetheless, they said, this is good for my proud heart. And and that's just, and, and I don't even really know how to talk about it more because really I think the statement speaks for itself. Yeah, I agree. And here's how I think we can use this as a jumping off point here. Yeah. Because I think that their attitude flies directly counter in the face of our cultural moment. Yeah, and even our church culture. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That if I'm going to do something lab laborious, uh, it's probably not the right laborious. way. Laborious. Laborious. <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> laborious. <laughs> if if we're going to do something that's hard work, uh we want we want some sort of reward. Mm. We want some sort of consequential reward. And like there's so often where even in our spiritual lives, if I'm going to do something that's hard work, if I'm going to serve God in some way, then I want him to bless me in some way. I want him to do something for me. I want somebody else to do something right. for me because so many of us want like that big thing that's out there yep. that yep. God has for us. We want the great awakening, but we don't we don't want the servile offices. Yeah. And what's interesting was that the men who were a part of this great awakening, this because again, it was the 1720s to about the 1740s when God was just pouring his spirit out yeah. in America, yeah. uh, really all along the East Coast. Uh, right. So many people saved and healed, so many incredible spiritual manifestations, mm -hmm. all these amazing things were happening, and so many ministries were birthed yeah. out of that great awakening. And a lot of it was out of repentance. A exactly. Lot, like, I remember reading about these 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 messages and these experiences 
in in church history class um and and a lot of it was like i mean these these ministers were preaching and people were just like boohooing all over the place and like they were realizing like wait i am so far from god exactly well and like if you were to cuz we talked about john wesley and george whitfield and you can put jonathan edwards yeah right in yep. that right in that the same category as those guys as being influential during that time if you read these dudes sermons and their books and these things that they put out there if if we just like if if you took George Whitfield and I took John Wesley and we just started preaching their messages but didn't say it was from them nobody would come listen mm. or very few people I should say would come listen because these dudes had a message that was hard it was deeply yeah. biblical yeah. but it but it was just it was straight out and it I think it came from that influence of the Moravians because they were they were a very literal group of people and here's what I mean that whenever whenever the bible said love your enemies do good to those who persecute you if someone slaps you on on one side of the face give them your other cheek when they read these kinds of things they took it literally like jesus is actually saying if you walk with someone 1 mile and that, that's what they require of you walk with them too right like they actually took these commands seriously so when john is saying when they were struck when they were pushed down when they were thrown to the floor, they would just get up and walk away. There was no complaint that was found in their mouth. And that was so formative for John Wesley and George Whitfield because when you read their sermons, which were influential in the Great Awakening, you're reading very literal sermons. So in the same way that the commands of Jesus for the poor and the marginalized, the same way that these things were literal, so is Romans Romans 8.1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Like that's the assurance that John Wesley got. Right. It was from that literalism from the Moravians. And I just think in our culture today, if we begin to put this literal, this literal taking of scripture that remember John Wesley called their behavior serious. Yeah. The seriousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we really approach the scripture with seriousness, then we're not going to put our comfort Right. Over over right. obedience. And I think that's part of what made the Moravians impact so influential. Yeah. And, and the word that comes to my mind is be not hearers, but doers. Yep. And I'm sure I'm not saying that scripture right, but but you know what it says. Yeah. Don't don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. And I think that's what we see with these Moravians is that they they were doers mm -hmm. of the word. Whereas everybody, I think even John Wesley himself on that boat and the Englishmen who were with them, who were mm -hmm. probably of a similar mm -hmm. faith, they were were not necessarily yeah. doers of the word. John and, was scared too. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so and it's crazy because when when it says be you gotta be you gotta be a doer of the word in the moment. Mm -hmm. Because this was a very real moment where they had to be doers of the word. And so they had to um, put that fear aside. They had to put themselves aside in their right. service and in the experience in the storm. Mm -hmm. And so it, again, what I'm saying is that we, we have to, we have to take the word literally. We have to have that same sort of heart about us because, because if we're being honest, a lot of the messages that if we're not careful, a lot of the messages that we hear, a lot of the messages that we preach are, can become figurative. Mm -hmm. They can become um, simply applicable to the life. That, Idealistic. Yeah. To, applicable to the life that I want to live yeah. and not necessarily to the life that he wants me to live. Mm -hmm. And I think that's 
that's where we have to be honest with ourselves and say, okay, am I, am I just applying the Bible to my life for the life that I want? Or am I applying it to the life um, for the life that he wants me to live? And that, that comes with much, 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 much difficulty. You know, when your spouse is acting crazy and you love them anyway, when they're not, when you, you know, whatever it is, but, but it's when you, when you have to begin, cause I've had to apply, I've had to be a doer in times when I don't want to be a doer. Right. And times when I, when I, when really I may have every right not to be a doer, mm -hmm. but it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make, make it to where it's okay for right. me not to do the word of God, mm -hmm. um, in a sense of love or service or fear or whatever it is. I have to be a doer. And, and the one thing that, and just to make this practical, cause I want us to look at this Cause like, like, yeah, these Moravians, I mean, I don't know how I would act on a, on a sinking ship. You right. know what I'm saying? I would hope that I could stand and sing like they did, but, but I don't know mm -hmm. I, until I'm in that experience. But, but the one thing, the word that, the, another word that comes to my mind when I think about them is that word piety. And when you think about Nicholas, um, Count, Count Zinzendorf, who who really took them under under his wing mm -hmm. kind of and really helped them to refocus. Yep. This guy was a pietist and the focus was devotional prayer and study yep. and radical trust in God. Yep. And obviously in world missions. Yep. So these guys were from Germany, they're in Pennsylvania, well they're in Georgia traveling to Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. is that right? Mm -hmm. So so obviously they're on mission. Yeah. So they had obviously the mission brings about a different perspective. In, in itself, mm -hmm. but but also this devotional prayer and study yep. along with radical trust in mm -hmm. God. And so, and I'm, I'm trying to bring this bring this down to earth for mm -hmm. us because like, yeah, we can look at these guys and say they're pie in the sky, right. but, but there was something they were doing exactly. that got them to that point. Exactly. Well, and here's what's crazy about their story too, that they come to America and they, they get with James Oglethorpe and they come down to do a mission in Georgia and John Wesley goes with them and it fails, mm. fails miserably. So that's why they're going to Pennsylvania. They're going back up to yeah. Pennsylvania because of the failure. Mm. But you don't, while the, so that's that's why I said with surety earlier that the people, the English, even the Englishmen on the ship were Christians because that's why they were in Georgia for mission. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they're going back because of of failure, and yet these people are still singing, still rejoicing, still doing all the same laborious right. tasks right. that they would have done even if they were successful. Mm. And that that to me that just speaks such a strong word to who they were and to that devotional time that they had put in that, that trust in God, that being on mission and, and leaving the results to him and that they see the pietist again, like you were saying, Count Zinzendorf was a pietist. They were, they were radical in the time that they spent with God because mm. in the, in the 17th century, I'm sorry, in the 1700s, church had really, it had become cold and stale it had really become a series of rightly postulated truths rather than devotional intimacy with God. And the pietists looked at that and said, we've got, we've got to go back to our first love. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that, that's where that fire of devotional intimacy really came back with them. And then with the Moravians. 
And it's, it's so beautiful to me that it was that devotional intimacy in a cold and stale environment right. that produced this radical trust in God in the midst of the storm. Mm. And, and you know what that makes that, that, that brings to my remembrance something that, that I, I literally wrote it on a post-it note. Cause I was like, this is, this is nuts. I mean, like, and this is a past, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, we're full-time in ministry, but to think mm-hmm. of the, the depth of, of like you're saying devotional prayer at, at, um, and I forget the estate's name, but, um, with Count Zinzendorf, they began a 24 hour prayer ministry basically so so prayer was was something prayer and devotion was something that was around the clock 24 hours yep. for and it's it said over a like for a, a hundred years they did this mm-hmm. 24 hours a day every day mm-hmm. for like a hundred years that's that's what i that's what i saw in the research yeah that they had this 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 prayer and devotional thing going where they did not depart from it, they did not stray from it, and and again, that's something that brought them that level of trust. Because here's the thing: it's not like we're talking about some some powerful miracle or instance where like they lifted the boat off the sea by the spirit of God. Yeah. Like it's not that, but they stood, and they stood firm, and they were not afraid of death because they trusted in the Savior. And how many of us? are truly there. How many mm-hmm. of us are truly in that place where where no matter what happens we trust in the savior. Mm-hmm. I have to say like I I if I'm if I'm if I'm putting myself up, yeah, I would like to say I'm there, but I I don't know if I am. Right. And, and just like John Wesley and I and, and and I'm trying to stay focused here, but I'm kind of fired up. Mm-hmm. But just like John Wesley, we have to ask ourselves do I trust God? Cuz one of right. the main questions that that was was ruminating at this time, and it's from it's from scripture where Peter um, Peter is restored um, it, after Jesus's resurrection, and and Jesus asked Peter, "Do you love me? Do you love me?" And he asks him three times, and 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 obviously we know that Peter was restored and 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 everything like that. But that was the question that 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 John Wesley and these Moravians and and these people at this time were asking themselves. Do, like, well, th- what he says is that this is the question that was pressed upon their heart. Mm-hmm. Like, like the Lord was asking them this question. Yes. Do you love me? Mm-hmm. Do you love me? And so we have to allow the Lord to press that question upon our own hearts is to say, is, is let the Lord ask us, do you love me? And that's a hard question to ask. Cause if we're being real, 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 real honest with ourselves, the answer may not be what we want it to be or what we think it should be. Right. And you never know when those when those stormy seasons are going to come on you in life. Right, right. And what's the testimony of the Moravians is that when you serve God faithfully in the simple, you'll serve him faithfully in the stormy. Amen. And so to me, I think that's part of the problem with us, with myself, and, and with so much of the contemporary American church is that we don't, we don't, always serve God faithfully when it's simple or or we can say it how Jesus said it to to serve faithfully in the little and then you'll be given much but we're just so often we're looking at the much God we want the next great awakening right. we want revival we want this the next epidural awakening <laughs> the next, sorry the next epidural <laughs> renewal <laughs> 
<laughs> but you're right. You are 100% yeah. We're right. always saying, you know, we, we want these lofty things yeah. and those lofty things. Yeah. And, and God's like, okay, you want the lofty things, but you won't even do the little things. Right. So what, so again, if I don't trust God right now, when life is okay and things are going just fine, if I'm not trusting him just as seriously and faithfully right now, what what makes me think that when that stormy season comes, and I love what John Wesley called it, he called it the time of trial. Yeah. He said that when the time of trial comes, you know, what are you going to do? Because you see your reaction. Yeah. And lots of times it's important that we gauge our reactions to things because the way I react shows me the level of health in my soul. 100%. Because it shows me when my mind doesn't have time to cook up some sort of response, my reaction shows me my soul. Yeah. So here's a good example. So um, uh, my wife just had a surgery on Wednesday. And um, before that, we had kind of, we were running everything through insurance, trying to see how much it would cost, you know, all those kinds of things. And so I was told that it was going to be just a few hundred bucks, wasn't going to be that big of a deal. Well, all of a sudden they call us back and it was, the bill was much larger than that. Yeah. And it, and it was a copay. So in order for my wife to have this very important surgery, we had to pay this huge right. amount of money right. in order to make that happen. And we didn't have it. And immediately my reaction was, I got mad. Oh yeah. And, and so it wasn't long after that to where, and Dentine was the one who helped me calm down, but it wasn't long after that, as I began to gauge the level of health in my own soul and in, in my own heart, I thought, my reaction tells me that I'm not trusting him as much as I should be yep. when things are simple. And it was the storm that showed me that. Yeah. And so uh, it, storms are hard. I'm, I'm not saying that we necessarily always have to be happy, but James in, in chapter one does say, consider it pure joy Amen. whenever you face trials of many kinds right. because you know that your faith is being tested. Yeah. So he's not saying God puts you through bad things just to test you. He's saying God is using everything you go through to test the metal of your faith. Yeah. And and these are the kinds of things that like the Moravians that we have to take seriously. Yeah. And here's the thing. And this is this is part of the practical part that I love. Most of these Moravians are not they're not preachers. They're not pastors. They're not, we don't even know any of their names. Right. The only guy we know is, is Count Zinzendorf. There are very few Moravians that you know. And I don't even remember when John Wesley talks about the Moravian who was preaching when he had that Aldersgate experience, that when, when he was assured of his salvation, I'm, I don't even remember that guy's name. So we don't even, we don't even know these people, but the testimony of them is the seriousness by which they approach to trust God in all things. And, and that to me, you know, re- rejoicing in trials, rejoicing yeah. in in when our faith is tested, that to me is is the practical part in saying that these Moravians, again, we don't know who they are. And so we need to trust God no matter if we're a pastor or not. Like someone who's a, a grocery store clerk or a lawyer or an insurance salesman, whatever whatever our occupation may be, trusting in God, being serious about loving Him, about serving Him, um, about devotional time, about praying and studying, yeah. and all of these yeah. kinds of things. It's serious for all of us, and it's and sometimes we kind of put the burden on 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 pastors, especially influential pastors. Like if I see them on TV, 
then they're the ones who need to radically trust God. And all the rest of us, you know, are just kind of chilling. No, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever occupation, whatever we're doing right now, no matter how insignificant it may seem, again, we don't know these Moravians' names. We don't know these people, but we do see the testimony of how they trusted God. And you never know how we doing what we're doing right now, no matter how big or little it may feel or may seem, what testimony are we showing people? Are we sharing with people by the way we trust God with with what we go through? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's, that's incredibly, incredibly practical. And I love what you said about just taking inventory of our our emotional reactions because that's going to tell you. That's going to tell you all day long because what's in you is going to come out of you. Yep. And so, you know, and we all get there. But taking inventory of our, our emotional reactions and taking inventory of our piety, mm-hmm. taking inventory of our of our devotional prayer life and and our and our trust in God. How much do we trust him? And, you know, let Jesus ask us that question of do you love me? And um, and it's so cool because you look at the product of their faith and it was it was the conversion of John Wesley and in yep. the in the Methodist faith movement, no matter what it is today or what, or what we agree or don't disagree with or whatever, you know, the, the faith at its core is, was, it was a powerful, powerful movement. And, um, and, and so wherever you're at, like, cause here's the thing, half of me feels like I, I'm one of the Englishmen who's like, yeah, ah, yeah. <laughs> the ship's going down. It's an epidural <laughs> renewal. <laughs> help, help me. Um, so a part of me feels like that. But you know what? I think I think probably most of us are are in John Wesley because you, you've got three you've got three positions here. You've got the hot, you know, three positions on the boat. You've got the 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 burning hot, which are the Moravians. You've got kind of that, and and, and I hate saying this because because if we know that you know lukewarm, he he spits you out his out his mouth. But mm-hmm. like, let's be honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that. We this story shows us what what hot looks like, yes. <laughs> you know, being being on fire for God, being on fire for Jesus. That's what it looks like. And that's and so those are the kind of emotional those are the kind of reactions we should have to chaos in our lives. And, and, and a lot of us don't respond that way. And I'm yeah. I'm being convicted as I yeah. speak. Oh, yeah. But but like so you've got three positions. You've got the hot the Moravians, you've got the kind of in the middle, which is if we're being frank, lukewarm area mm-hmm. where John Wesley was. Mm-hmm. And then you've he got, would have said that about himself. Oh yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And then you've got kind of the, the, like he said, the ones who are not trusting God yep. and those, in those Englishmen. And so we have to be honest with ourselves and where we're at in that position. But the hope is this, is that we see in John Wesley, as we as we observe, like we observe these Moravians today, as we observe the, the the on fire for God, we have the opportunity to move in that direction. Because yes. listen, you've got today, mm-hmm. you've got today, you've got if if God gives you tomorrow, if He gives you the next year, two years, ten years, fifty years, it doesn't matter. As long as you got breath in your lungs, you have the opportunity to move toward that on fire for God, on fire for Jesus Christ, and to be able to react accordingly and godly and the way that Jesus would have you to react to every situation, every amount of chaos, every storm. So so don't be discouraged if you're in John Wesley's position because that was the position that God had him in so that he could move toward what, what, what God wanted him to do. So it's okay if you're there. 
I, I'll be honest, I'm there. I, mm-hmm. I want to get to that place where I'm fully and completely trusting God yeah. in the midst of chaos. And so um, wherever you're at today, make make one step. Make one, whether it's taking inventory of your emotional reactions, whether it's adding a little bit to your prayer time, adding a little bit to your devotion time, whatever, whatever you feel like you need to do and seek the Lord on that. But like move a little bit toward that, that hot side, that on fire side Mm -hmm. for God. And, and, and it's okay wherever you're at, just move toward that, that, and, and observe. I love what John Wesley did is he observed, he, he was watching these people while the Englishmen are crying and wailing and so in fear of their lives. John Wesley is standing there like, wait, mm-hmm. what's going on he with these? He was present in the moment. He was present in the moment and he was observant and he said, what is going on with these people? Mm-hmm. So, so be, a, be aware, be aware of people around you who are seeking God, connect with those people. What he sought the Moravians out and he saw his faith go to another level because of that. Yep, he did. And that's that is such a key quality in in the life of a believer. And self-awareness. Sorry. Self-awareness. That, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Self-awareness and then awareness of others. Like being able to be present in the moment and observe everything that's going on around you. That to me is is such an overlooked but impressive and meaningful attribute of Jesus is how aware he was. How often you just read through Matthew, right? You're yeah, almost done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I finished. Oh, it. you did. I'm in you Mark did. You now, finished yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm moving through Matthew. I'm getting close to the end. How many times does Matthew say of Jesus that there were other people around him and they were conversing of these things on their own, either in their own hearts or amongst themselves in private? And it says Jesus, aware of this, yeah, said yeah, this. yeah, all the time. Oh, I just all read it today. Yeah, just even today, reading it about the disciples. And so you you look at that and you say, was that always, you know, some deeply spiritual thing? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But I think just going on about our day, being present in the moment, fully yeah. present, that I'm not thinking so much about everything that's coming or everything that's behind, but I'm focused in on, God, what are you doing in me and in others right now? And when we're present in the moment, then we're not going to we're not going to pass by blind Bartimaeus calling out for us. We're not going to pass by Zacchaeus up in the tree. And we're going to stop when the woman with the issue of blood touches the hem of the garment. Like these, so many of these ministry moments for Jesus would, would be seen today as quote unquote interruptions. Yeah. But what yeah. are these, when I'm present in the moment, these interruptions actually become moments of ministry and mm-hmm. healing for myself mm-hmm and for others. And so that to me, it's so important that John Wesley saw that. And John doesn't talk about the other Englishmen noticing. He doesn't talk about how they all got together and told it. He said he went to everybody right, right, and was explaining right. the difference between fearing God and and fearing circumstances. Yeah. And so that to me is so key. And I think that that's why John Wesley got it. He did. That he ended up receiving it. Yeah. Was that that openness right. and that that self-awareness that's yeah. so important for all of us to have. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. And, and, and listen, because I'll keep going. I know. And I know. I know. <laughs> and we're talking about John Wesley. So I know you'll keep yeah. going. 
Um, but we're going to bring this in for a landing. And listen, I hope that you guys have been encouraged by this episode and by this content. Um, and listen, if you're if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen. Um, and then and then leave us a review. If you like this episode or previous episode, um, it really helps us out on the podcast to, to leave a review. Um, share it with somebody. If, if, it's, if you feel like if someone's there and they need that encouragement, um, share it with them. Uh, but listen, we are on social media. We are on um we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, at Church Voice Podcast, all one word. You can pretty much type that in in both places and uh, like us and follow us over there. And then again, check out the church. Uh, we're fully sponsored, supported, and recorded right here at Christian Center. And um, listen, have a great, great rest of your day, great week, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Peace out, y'all. Peace. Peace.